coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living, and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gon Mueller. Welcome. I'm Barbara Gon Mueller, and it is such an honor to welcome you to another taping for the Peace Podcast. Imagine Peace Podcast, a podcast devoted to creating peace in your life, a podcast devoted to making happiness part of your life, and a healthy, healthy living. Many of the people I have on are doctors, authors, environmentalists, and today I have the 2019 UNA Santa Barbara Peace Prize winner. This fellow, Dr. Joe, I should say Joe White, I call him doctor because he's got so much wisdom. He's just like a doctor. But Joe White is a man who had a vision, and he's going to tell us about that. He has a vision that if we have a year without war, it'll be contagious. And that contagious episode will create more years without war. And he's going to tell us why that will work and how it could work and why he chose Olympic years to do this. Joe White, without further ado, congratulations on being the 2019 Peace Prize winner. Thank you, Barbara. I was quite honored and surprised. Well, your competition was pretty stiff. Um, You look at those women who were out there bringing peace cranes, working in Africa, bringing wells to Kenya, and you were really the beginning of what we need today so we don't have to work so hard in all these countries. And that's why we chose you. And again, it's a pleasure to have you here. Joe, I want to read just a couple of lines. Joe White has engaged in the event of creating a year without war, a global social movement since its inception in 2011 has achieved worldwide recognition as having the potential of using methods other than war to resolve conflicts and creating a world of peace. Does that describe what you're doing? It's that's a little bolder than what we're trying to do. We're we're a little simpler than all of that, actually. But well, what was the history? What motivated you? Give us your history. Well, what motivated me in this is at that time I was still a full-time philosophy professor. And in the world of political philosophy, there's an adage, at least since the 19th century that one century's philosophy is the next century's common sense. And so sometimes you can see this trace from John Locke to Thomas Jefferson, from Immanuel Kant to Abraham Lincoln in American political history. And in the late 20th century, a prominent political philosopher by the name of John Rawls uh, wrote a book, a number of books, but the one that influenced me pertaining to a year without war was political liberalism. And I thought that if Professor Rawls is correct, then toward the end of this century, if that adage holds, then it should be a much more peaceful world, but I'll be dead. So I thought I would try to telescope this the best I could incrementally in a Rawlsian kind of way and uh, just go for one year without war. Let's that would mean what? What would that mean? A year without war? Uh, that would mean basically for us at, at a year without war is that in all likelihood, there will not actually be in the year that we get com- a complete elimination of war. What we're seeking is for the United Nations to unanimously 
extend the, their Olympic truces by 10 months. Presently, for almost 20 years now, the United Nations has, for every Olympic Games, uh, put forth a two-month global truce uh, for the Olympics, one month for the Olympics and one month for the Paralympics. When it started in the late 90s with the Olympics, it was a recognition of the ancient tra Greek tradition of a truce during the Olympic Games in which the different Greek states would stop warring to allow people to travel, participate, and then to make it home before they start fighting again. So our goal is to get the United Nations to extend their two-month uh, uh, Olympic truce for an entire year. And if they do that, and if we can get this started substantially, we've been working at this now for a while, as you mentioned, but if we can get this substantially going with perhaps our first country signing on in 2020, we would like to see the 2024 Summer Olympics in Paris as the year for the full year truce, the extension of the 10 month, the extension of 10 months to the Olympic truce. Well, I know you've worked with Nobel laureates. You've worked at the United Nations. You've, you've spoken all over the world. And what's the reception been? Uh, <laughs> well, that's uh, offhandedly, let me say that. Uh, the demographics are that in colleges, it just spreads like wildfire. We've actually had a difficult time maintaining with our small volunteer college staff all the interest from all the different colleges and universities. Same thing with high schools, middle schools. Every time I've spoken to a school, the kids are all behind it. Uh, women tend to be very much in favor of this. My toughest demographic tend to be white men between about the ages of 35 and 80. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? But Barbara, I think that uh, as we've talked, we do not need 100% of the human population behind us. So, you know, people will disagree with this. And what's important to realize, as I mentioned a moment ago, is that there probably won't be a complete elimination of war if the UN passes this treaty, this truce, excuse me. But what, it's, but what it is, it's aspirational. And it's aspirational in the sense that now we have a public formal commitment on the part of the world's nations to say, this is the direction we want to go in. Not unlike the Paris Climate Agreement. You know, we may not hit all of those goals, but with the exception of the United States, all the other nations of the world have signed on to this and are, and are attempting to follow it. So it's the same thing with this. We've just gotten to a point in human history where it's, it's, we have too many existential threats and other issues to deal with other than just killing each other or these conflicts that we have. Well, so, it's like, it's like, has, it is, pardon? It just makes sense. Well, it's, you know, when you ask me about uh, the notion of peace and us trying to seek peace, peace is so complicated. I'm not sure that what I would think peace would be maybe what the Pope thinks it is or the Ayatollah thinks it is. So what we'd like to do is just stop the fighting and then let's let all these wonderful organizations like those six other organizations that were nominated the same time I was, let them get about their business building the peace that we need with the resources that might be saved from this massive global military industrial complex that we're facing. 
the human potential is put on hold when there's wars. I have seen it. Last night I was watching PBS and on um, public, yeah, I was watching NPR actually. And I, no, PBS, I guess it was. And they were saying, they showed these people who were trying to live a normal life after being evacuated from Syria. And the trauma that they brought with them was just so evident that you don't just have war and you destroy your country, you destroy your factories, you destroy nature, you destroy the human spirit, the spirit that brings us the joy that we were born to live our dreams and to fulfill and to do something with our destiny. It just, there's so much destruction that you can't fathom how a person can go forward. And I would encourage people, if they find this of interest, this program of A Year Without War, come to our website. You just Google or whatever, A Year Without War, and look at the photos that we've gotten from around the world. Some of the most touching photos we have are from young people. We have some from a girl's school in Afghanistan holding up their little sign, A Year Without War. Mm. We have them from England. We have them from China and Australia. There is a sense that humanity has that we've got to change business as usual here because the conflict is inevitable. Conflict may also be a sign of creativity and progress. So new ideas come, they're debated, people disagree, but we don't have to finally resort to killing each other over many of these ideas. So we would just like to bring a pause to that and let the world consider what it's like to have one year in which there may be a commitment, a public formal commitment on behalf of our governments for a truce. Now, the interesting thing about our program, that's our primary goal right now. Once we get some traction on that, if for example, France came forward and said, well, the Olympics are going to be in Paris, let us be the first to sign on here, and we'll start advocating and lobbying for other nations at the United Nations to start becoming a part of this, that would give us four years to build out our online community. And at that point, we would like to go into kind of hyper growth. And, it, and I think that what we would see is that we could then seek the financing and secure the financing needed to maintain these large communities. That's been one of our major challenges to maintain an online community with its social media is quite expensive and it's full-time work and volunteers aren't going to be able to pull that off only that I should say only volunteers aren't going to be able to pull that off. So if we can start to build that community, I think we would start to see millions upon millions of people joining that. And if we get up into the hundreds of millions, then we'll probably be one of the largest social movements on earth in terms of media. And that alone will give us the attention that we need to see that these nations then abide by the formal public truce that they sign and also give people within those nations the opportunity to put together their list of projects that they need to take care of domestically, given the fact that this peace dividend may come their way. Let's start building our expectations, because I think if we do this and 2024 comes around and somebody out there will not abide by this, there's going to be some serious fall in expectations and disappointment, and I think there would be action resulting from that.
You're listening to Joe White, who created A Year Without War. And as he said, we each have a responsibility to make sure that there is a year without war. And he's made it far enough away so that if you are in the mood, go to ayearwithoutwar.org and sign up and help us make this a reality. A Year Without War is a dream that I've had forever. And it's so wonderful that Joe has put the energy and the manpower behind it. Joe, do you have a word for us about peace? What can peace mean to you? Well, let me just add on to what you said, and we can Please. talk about peace. All right. I think that uh, now that I'm retired, right. I, and if anybody wants to get involved with this and has some interesting ideas or some way of supporting Social media expertise, right? Just contact me. I'm very. It's very simple. It's just Joe at aywww.org, and that's that stands for Year That War. But Joe at aywww.org and we'll get you involved in it and being retired allows me much more flexibility and time now than my full-time job at the time that, that is fantastic and you know he's counting on you aywww.org joe at aywww.org um joe give us a couple minutes about peace if you at this world were at peace what would you see happening Barbara, that's the, that's the big question, isn't it? I think what would happen if we stopped the, 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 war, con, the, the war as a means of resolving our conflicts, and we started to recognize that uh, human beings need an opportunity to thrive, as you mentioned a moment ago about the refugees, I think what we would see is a kind of blooming of creativity and individuality that we may not have seen before in our history. And that will pose another challenge for us because in order for this to work, there must be tolerance. And human beings have such different levels of tolerance. But, you know, there, there are those of us, it appears in terms of this literature of moral psychology who are disposed toward greater tolerance than others. So we will all be tested to some extent to see just how creative and imaginative is the human spirit when it, when it strives for its own thriving. And that's an exciting world for me because I tend to be one of those people who enjoy diversity. Mm. And I know not everybody appreciates diversity and there are limits to diversity. So the experiment will continue in a most robust way. You know what's interesting? The way you said the human spirit, the human spirit is at an evolutionary stopping point when we have war. It doesn't nurture the human spirit. And I wanna thank you for today. I wanna to thank you for being our recipient of the 2019 Peace thank Prize. You. And I wanna thank you, Joe, for um, as the two women I just interviewed right before you said that when you are on target with what it is that you want, when you are clear that that's exactly what you want, the universe will support you. And I'm looking for the universe and the people who are listening today to support Joe. Joe White is an amazing man. And if you ever meet him, you'll say, where did he get all that energy? Because he's just full of it. And he's also one of the creative people at this Santa Barbara Community College when he was there. I would go in the uh, courtyard sometime and everybody was flocking toward this one bench and there was Joe. Why? Because he motivated people to believe in themselves. And I'm going to ask you to do that. 
I'm going to ask you to show other people this video. Come on peacepodcast.org as often as you want. Look for us on iTunes and all the other avenues for podcasts and invite people to watch this. Come to watch. We're going to start something on Google called Watch Us, and we're going to watch Joe, and we're going to talk about Joe. How can we help Joe? It's up to you to make sure that you understand that Joe is there because he believes that we can have a year without war. Joe, I'll give you the final word, and what would you like to say? I would like to say that it's going to, every great march, it starts with that first step. And so anyone who hears this has to say, how can I contribute? What can I do? Because I suspect there are a number of people with, that will see this podcast who have the network, who have the will, and that's what we need now. We need our first country. Who out there is is an ambassador. Wouldn't it be great if it is Paris? Wouldn't that just be great if it is Paris? Wow. Well, and you know, what we've been pushing on the last few years is trying to start this with small countries. So right. we've written to every small country in the world right. asking that they help us launch this. But well, now, you know, you it takes a personal contact. It, at this yeah. point. As you listen to Joe, you're seeing that he's not giving up. He's going to keep working at this, and I want you to help him. So whatever you can do, let us know. If you're going to write a letter to the editor um, in your newspaper, you're going to be on the – don't stay home and expect Joe to do it all. It's not Joe's problem. It's our our decision to help Joe. And so you're listening to Barbara Gon Mueller. What an honor to have Joe White on. And what an honor to have you as our listener and our viewer. You know, each day I wake up and I say, who am I going to interview today? Because today I'm going to make a big difference in somebody's life. Joe White, thank you so much for being on our Power Peace podcast. Thank, thank you, Barbara. Thank my you. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.